I'm Krista Heath, a national finalist for Miss Galaxy Australia, and this is my interview with the Pageant Project. Hello everyone, happy Easter. Uh, my special guest for today is Krista Heath. Krista, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Um, it's been a while since we had our last interview. Actually, how many years? It was I think Miss it's like Planet. 2018, like the end of 2018 maybe. How long have, you, how long have we been in this industry for? Yeah, <laughs> well, long. I Some actually started might in 2018. So maybe it was end of 2019, our last interview. For Miss... What was the very first pageant you did? I can't remember. Miss Grant was the first one that we interviewed for. Um, and That's then right. after that was Miss Planet Australia. That's right. So um, you've, been, you've been around the block a few times since then. How's, um, how's life been treating you since we last spoke? Yeah, busy, definitely busy. I would say that my schedule is always very full, which is great, but, you know, busy life equals a bit of exhaustion, but getting there. Have you had time? Have you had any time off? I mean, it's supposed to be a long weekend. I get the feeling yeah. that you're having a pretty hectic weekend, even though it's supposed to be a long weekend. Have you had any time off at all? Um, a little bit. My parents, unfortunately, are selling at the farm, and so that... Um, was sold recently so we're kind of just in the moving stages and unfortunately mm. with the big long weekend they've taken that as the opportunity to hightail everything out of the house so a lot of moving this weekend and helping them do that so it's been a bit busy. I think moving is my least my best friend is moving house at the moment and I, I, I think moving is my least favorite activity on earth. Got to get all your life into a box then you have to yeah. remember which box you put your life in. And then when you get to the new place, you have to take all your life out of the box. Oh, it's... there was a period that I just, I thought of it, like I was going to take up a second job in it for a while there because my best friend, her mum moved and we were helping her mum moved. And then my best friend moved and then I moved and then we were helping people move in between that. And I was like, at this point, we might as well just start a business on the side. By the time I moved into my house, I never wanted to move again. Uh, so how 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 are the muscles going then? I imagine yeah, with pretty, all the lifting. Up. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you turned buff. Um, how how does it feel? How long? I don't think I've ever asked you this. So I know, I knew that you um, lived on a farm previously, but how long was that farm in your in your family for? Yeah, so it's it's pretty sad. Um, so so yeah. the, there's two properties next door to each other. My grandparents own one, and we bought the other one from some like from my grandparents but essentially the 150 acres has been in the family for over 100 years so we oh, sell wow. it we just sold ours and my grandparents are actually decided to sell their property so yeah wow. it's it's a bit sad actually I would, that, that's why I was asking because it seemed like it was in your family for a while I didn't realize that many years um yeah. was there any particular reason to sell it um just the, I guess, the inconvenience of like the distance. Unfortunately, like we're young, like a young family, and just given the appointments and like school, everything's not very close, and the distance of driving, and it was just getting a bit too much for everyone. 
you wouldn't you'd have to leave very early and you couldn't get back to very late and we didn't really have farm like we had like stuff on the farm like cattle and stuff but yeah. not really like it's not a farm I suppose property because there's a big mountain on it so you couldn't really have a lot of livestock on it so it kind of was just like a farm as such and you couldn't really do much with it so it was it was kind of a bit tricky my grandparents are selling though because they're um moving into retirement and my grandma yeah. she has um parkinson so the house is just too much for them yeah yeah i can imagine i, I remember when i was speaking to uh was it annalise annalise lives on a farm right yeah um but proper like hearing all the details about how much work actually goes in to having like a like a something like a dairy farm because like cows don't yeah. take a day off for example chickens don't so it does sound like an awful amount of work um, my parents decided they were going to try and do a bit of farming during COVID when life got a bit oh, yeah. boring. Um, and we got <laughs> we got a lot of cows and chickens. Um, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> if you say so. We we had a couple of chickens here. Unfortunately, a fox got them like two days ago. It was terrible. Oh, For those yeah. of you who don't know, foxes are really cunning. They're really smart, yeah. really strong. It broke through the fence yeah. and ripped open the coop they were in. We've had that happen to one of our coops on our farm as well. Yeah. So we actually had to go and like build like this whole new coop system. It was crazy. You basically need to build a castle to keep them out. It it I think it stalked them because it, it seemed to know exactly where the chickens were, waited till it was dark, and then mm. it's not, a, not a not a pleasant. It could have been. I don't think around here we would have had that. Hopefully mm. not. Um, but I've never seen one in the daylight, but it just goes to show how cunning they are. Are your Is your family going to move closer to Sydney? Are they moving like Newcastle way? Because I also saw somewhere didn't, that they, did they buy a cafe or were they running a cafe? Or yeah, or yeah. Yeah, so it's always been my, my mum's dream to have a cafe. She always um, like makes, she's always been really big on making like proper hearty like soul food meals and she just pop, really pop, got upset food meals yeah yeah like and she was upset that there was never really like a takeaway type store that did mm. that for people that just wanted to have that meal kind of on the go like you always had to go to like an, a restaurant to buy it so um my mom and my younger sister actually saved up and then went in and invested in a cafe which is doing quite well at the moment it's called cafe with a twist and it's in metford so um which is kind of local to where we live and that's always really busy lots of customers and it's doing quite well I'll have to drop in there and because I like I like simple like home cook well not necessarily simple but you know simple rustic but it tastes good and you know it's yeah. good for you because it's and that's what my mom's love. always been like she's always been that person that's always instilled that it's good to have like healthy meals and she gets yeah. you back to the basics of like cooking it from scratch so um like I've had a lot of health issues and I think we've kind of talked about it in the past but having a bit of a sense of a stomach is like me so I really have to go back to the basics of type food when I'm making them so I don't eat yeah. a lot of takeaway food and I go out to restaurants and I'd still feel really sick even if it was like fresh meat like because it was I guess it was still processed food and so yeah. mum got really into cooking like meals that were really healthy for me that helped me put on weight and like kept me mm. up like healthy and stuff like that and so she's adapted a lot of that into cafes well making sure that people always have like all of their you know the iron your vitamins and all that in the food as well and I think that's super important yeah I saw you you had more than it didn't seem like a small inconvenient health issue it seemed like a fairly major one you were in and out of hospital weren't you 
Yeah, so quite a few things, I guess, like over the year, and I think it comes down to me kind of talking about how it's really important, I guess, put your health first, but also like just acknowledging when you've got things going on and just to make sure you follow them up. So I was in and out of hospital for quite a bit there and there was lots of lots of just little different things that kind of went on that added to like a really big thing all up. So I guess like I went to Africa in 2017 and um, I went over there and had a great time. I did some volunteering. But when I came back, I had a parasite. Um, oh, but no. no one, it was so rare that no one in Australia even tested for it. In fact, yeah. when I went to specialists and stuff, they had to do an out of Medicare rebate test in order to identify what it was. Yeah. And even then they were just kind of doing it on the side, like, oh, I don't think you have it. But just in case, because it's that rare. And I ended up had picking out this this parasite and the parasite like what it does is it like attacks your bowel um and it like um takes all of the nutrients out of the food but basically it causes yep. irritable bowel as a result of yeah. the damage that it does so like i was left with that i also had like um gourd or people call it gourd yeah. as well which is like reflux yeah. which is like a little bit stress induced but also just i'm well, just made way too much acid in my stomach wouldn't help so that would put me in hospital quite a bit because i would always just be really like sick and lots of different foods react to that so that kind of led to me having to go back to basic food as well but now i'm on medication to help with that and that's sorted it out and then um just little things with like a, like an autoimmune disease where my white blood cells don't really work properly and they just decide to attack my body and my skin instead of like the virus so just like little stuff like that that would get not little but you know just stuff like that that would constantly kind of put me in a hospital but I guess I worked with a lot of different specialists and I had a few different surgeries to kind of help fix up a few different things like I had one on my nose because like um the septum and my turbinates inside my nose were all like messed up I don't know it must have been broken when I was younger and not not have known and it was causing a lot of like sinus issues which led to sinus infections and fevers which would trigger my autoimmune disease so one way that they could kind of fix that was to fix the nose problem to kind of um, stop getting my autoimmune disease triggered so like lots of different things it doesn't sound like a little thing when you said it's a little (laughs) thing it sounds like a billion things that were serious enough to put you in hospital. But is it kind of like on the mend now? Is it more stable now, or are you still? Yeah, in hospital yeah. Or not? I haven't been. I haven't been um like in hospital uh, two years. I think I went in okay. this year, and it was just for like exploratory. But that was off the okay. premise of something else, which came back all clear, which is super good. So they ruled out something actually when they did that. Um. So other than that, I've been really good haven't had any issues which is great does that teach you not to take your health for granted i i, I hate hospitals i mean both yeah. my parents are doctors and my brother's a doctor but i i hate hospitals because you never go there really for for good stuff to you i guess unless you're giving birth but you must be sick of the sight of hospitals by now uh yeah i i think it kind of took me to like it kind of makes me think about like making sure that I'm not running myself down because I tend to do that a little bit. I'm one of those like person that loves to be on the go and would tend to work through being sick. Um, yeah. And I really shouldn't do that, but I no. probably sometimes do that a little bit more than I should. And I think back then there was the complexities of I was studying full time, working full time and then doing pageantry and modeling like as much as I could on the side as well. And I think I mm. definitely bit off more than I could chew. 
And for you, modeling was often a drive down to Sydney, which wasn't like a short drive either. Yeah, so you have to correct. add that on top, driving down and then driving back up and then always living out of a car. I mean, it all adds up, doesn't it? Yeah, I think like... I think COVID was actually kind of a bit of a blessing in disguise um, in relation yeah. to having to, I wasn't able to go to Sydney because they obviously locked us out. You guys wouldn't let us yeah. in. <laughs> and um, We don't trust you. You can't. Yeah, folk. and so I wasn't able to cross that border. <laughs> and um, so I guess that kind of really made me stop and think, okay, when I was allowed to go back to Sydney, I really just enjoyed that I didn't have to go there so much. Mm. And I thought, okay, yeah. I'm only going to go there if it really benefits me and if I really enjoy it. And I obviously got like the new job working in child protection and that job, you know, came with like, you know, all right money. So I was kind of like, I don't really need to be doing this to get extra money anymore. So it was kind mm. of like, if I enjoy it and I think it's good for me and I'm going to have a great time, I'm going to do it. Um, but if not, like I'm not going to go out there just because. So how do you think the Krista in front of me now has changed or what's different between her and the Krista I interviewed seems like 5,000 years ago. But if you think back to your first page, and I remember Miss Grant, <laughs> that, that was when Danny obviously still had it because Amber's taken it over now. Yeah. Um, and that was, God, that was, I, rem rem I remember the hotel. They yeah, were, that was oh the God. year that that was the year that Kim Gundani won, wasn't it? Kim Gundani won, and then you were like, "Oh, you can eat the strawberries, but they're Danny's." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh God, you, really you, ate you the have a certain kind of, oh my God, you have a certain kind of memory on you. Um, but how how do you think? God, that that's 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 six years ago, Krista. That's kind of scary to think. But how do you think you've changed over those six years? Um, like. I like to say a lot, but I think there's still some areas that are the same, which I appreciate because they're aspects of me that I love. Um, but I think the areas that I needed to change, like learning, taking on like the feedback from the industry. I think at the beginning, mm -hmm. I was really hard to accept feedback. Like I thought that yeah. I would be fine, that I didn't need it. And, you know, people were just kind of being a bit harsh. And now I look back on the feedback and when I take it in, I'm like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense and I wish I had to listen to that sooner. So I think, like, I find feedback and taking on board what people say more valuable now. I also think, um, you know, I was really in, in it for the wrong reasons. Like, I really wanted to win and I think it was about, like, if I won, it would have meant something to me. Like, it would have mm. proved a lot of people wrong, which I still think to this day like that is such a good thing to do like prove to yourself that you're more than what people tell you are but I think yeah. it's like it's more about proving to myself that I'm more than what I think I am and not so yeah. much about proving other people wrong I think yeah. when I first started I was definitely about proving other people wrong and not so much about myself wrong um, and so I think that aspect of me has changed so even if I don't win I always come out of it with something and I think that's more valuable than what I had before because I think before I wasn't really coming out of it with anything. If I lost, I lost and that sucked. But now, I like, you know, I value the friendships I have. Like, I talk to some of the girls, like, every day and, um, like, you know, I value certain pageant systems for, like, the things that they offer, like the Galaxy system, like, for the friendships and just because they are there to bring you up. The atmosphere is just so different to other pageant systems I don't know how to explain it but unless you've done it I think you can't really you can't really talk about it <laughs> what are you most looking forward to I mean wh when is galaxy I can't I can't remember there's so many pageants yeah it's in May is, 
It's in May. Okay, so yeah, it's, it's only about a month a month away now. Yeah. So um, how 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 are the preparations going? Obviously, this isn't your first rodeo, so to speak. It so is my everything... first rodeo. Yeah. Um, good. I think this year is different. I kind of like usually tend to do kind of like always have another pageant that I've got on the side and this year I've kind of just mainly focused on the Galaxy pageant so I don't have another pageant that I'm doing this year unless it's like you know if I don't win and then another one comes down the track later maybe but at at this moment like my goal has been focused this time just on the Galaxy pageant which I think has been a better experience because usually um, there's been another pageant that I've been doing that's coincided and I think that's a really challenging thing to do, have more than one pageant at the same time because you can't be fully focused and I think, you know, you don't acknowledge how much actually goes into a pageant. Mm. Um, And I, you know, and the other years I'd always done one when another one started as one finished, which is fine because I've I've made sure they've never overlapped, but then I... (laughs) I don't know you just you can't put as much effort into it because it's it's very yeah. exhausting like doing everything for it I think this time Galaxy is all about like they've got a lot of aspects of community engagement and appearance and I think every other year I've been a bit terrible at that um and so this year I've really pushed myself to do that which has been a little bit out of my comfort zone um okay which I don't know why, because I actually love going out and doing that sort of stuff. And I've actually found I've really enjoyed it, Um, just going out and representing the pageant, like, in the community, which surprised me how much I'd actually enjoy it. So, yeah, that's been a bit difficult this year. You've been out and about for pageants before, though. So when you say you're you're terrible at it, like, which parts? I mean, you've done community service, a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I guess in some of the other pageants, like, it's not a requirement to wear the sash or the crown when you're out doing those sorts of things. And, um, like, on the other pageants, like, you've been with a bunch of other people who are also doing it with you. So you've kind of got this united front with you when you're there. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, as part of the galaxy system, I think... I think it's like this onus where you have to really love the pageant and the system and I think that's what is part of it like when you win it like you're an ambassador for the pageant and I think by doing the community engagement I think that's kind of like a bit of a um, can you be an ambassador and do you love the pageant enough to be an ambassador even if you haven't won yet and I think that's been a good experience to kind of actually fully immerse myself in this time around. Have you um I mean, if you're lucky enough to have the crown placed on your head in a month's time, then you're off to, um, at that stage, it'll be sunny and hot, yeah. uh, Florida, USA. Have you actually been stateside before? No, no, it's a dream. And obviously, uh, you know, every I've watched every girl go to that magical place. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know where I'm talking about, with Mickey Mouse ears. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful song um and so I absolutely can't wait to go if that would be my opportunity um if I was to win that would be super magical this year because I'd be crowned by one of my faves (laughs) so I think that would just be so meaningful to have um yeah to be crowned by I hope I hope I pray you have a better time at Galaxy than Emily did last year she fell off the stage 
She fell over on the street, broke her heel. She fell off the... And then she was projectile vomiting because she got food poisoning. I know, I know. I was in the bathroom with her, like, holding her hair. Like, the other girls are like... like, (laughs) I felt so awful. And we're there in a bedroom, like, helping her. A poor thing. Like, I... She just was not having a good time. And I just think that's what made it even more special because I think it just goes to show, like... (laughs) You can think that you are doing it terrible, but if you display confidence in the moment that you need it. So I think Emily just got to this point where she was just like, you know what, at the end of the day, it is what it is. And she just went out there and she gave it her best. <laughs> because honestly, I, well, I guess, like being like, in the bathroom and projectile puking for like an hour and then just having all these mishaps, I think that's all you, you have left to give at the end of the day. Just hope for the best. But she did fabulous. Like she's, you know, you couldn't tell that she was projectile puking in that bathroom. Well, you've got I mean, nothing. You've got nothing to lose after it, do you? I mean, if you've been projectile vomiting your guts out and you fell off the stage during the rehearsal, it's only uphill from there. But I'm really just hoping this is not like the new way forward for Galaxy Australia. Like I know, it's an I omen. Know. But do you know what? Like I'd heard because we were. I think. I think she was telling me about um, how. Oh. Who was it? one of the other girls the year before who did really well as well. She she um had a lot of mishaps as well. And so when she was telling me, I was like, see, Emily, it's like totally your year. And then she won. I was like, see, it's like a good omen to have like bad stuff happen to you. I'll remind you that you said that. If if bad stuff starts happening to you. Yeah, I, mean, I, hope it, I don't I, think I, I definitely it. felt like that in that moment. <laughs> How I'm trying to remember. So obviously, Emily, and if you don't know who we're referring to, it's Emily Egan, who's a current reigning queen. Let's um let's combine our heads. Let's see how good our galaxy tri- pageant trivia is. Who was before Emily? Who crowned Emily? Um, Brie. Brie. Who crowned Brie? Because it was also like COVID. Was it Alicia? Yeah. Who yeah, crowned I think it Alicia? Alicia? Yeah. Because she held the Alicia? crown for like two years after that before it was passed on. Can was... you remember who crowned Alicia? Um I can't. Was... I should. I was there. Yeah, it was Alicia's roommate, um, wasn't it? Because she Hannah Hannah was no? No. No, she 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 pipped Hannah by half a point. But I can't remember who. Oh well. I'm just, and that was on the Gold Coast as well. It's all right. Don't give mm. it too much thought. It's just but interesting. I mean. I'm trying to remember because I was there that year as well. But that was my first oh, year doing hang on. No, I remember now. It was the teen. The teen crowned Alicia because a miss wasn't there from the previous year. So it was um, Hannah, uh-huh. but not Hannah Swart, Hannah Kavanagh. Oh, yeah, yeah, now. yeah. I remember now because I there's this photo because uh, I had been to support Leisha, particularly at Galaxy, like four, I think that was the fourth time. And I was yeah. literally at that stage. I, I don't know if you can empathize, but like, but you're just like, if you don't win this time, like this, you have to stop doing this because I can't <laughs> deal with the nerves anymore. And she'd had like first runner up syndrome, like getting closer and closer. And, oh, it's just terrible. I know. And but, she'd always just, just came, like, just, just yeah. miss out. And I and was her roommate the year before she won. And like she, she just, 
you know, she and she's a good queen and she's continued to be a good queen. I mean, like, look at all the amazing things she's continued to do in her reign, like both nationally and internationally, like to keep going. And she's still going strong. I just think, like, what a testament. Like, you know, she was in the competing for the national title for so long and then her mm. reign in the nas- international, sorry, has just been very long as well. And she's done a lot of great stuff. Well, she's definitely a galaxy queen through and through. I can't remember how many times she competed, but even when I first got to know her, which would have been back, I think, 2015, 2016, maybe. Even back then, I think she had competed in galaxy twice or so. So I, I'm scared to think how many times she's competed. Um, what what keeps you going in pageantry? Because obviously with your new job, and we should mention that because I think it's mm. a really important job. In, well, let, let's talk about the job first. So tell people at home <laughs> the, the basis of what you do. Yeah, so I'm a, um, a child protection caseworker here in New South Wales. So um, essentially when there's a child at risk of harm and um, we receive reports and I'm the person that gets allocated reports, go knock on the door of the parents and to talk about the reported information. From there, I'll do assessments with the family to determine whether or not that child is safe to be at home, whether we can safety plan with that family or whether or not it's unsafe for that child to be at home, which leads to a lot of different things but can also lead to court intervention. And that is my role. So I have lots of different places that I end up. And unfortunately, that also ends up in court. And, yeah, working with a lot of different people, unfortunately, sometimes when children are unsafe to be at home with their parents. I mean, obviously, it's not the happiest sounding job. Um, have yeah. you have you learnt anything about us humankind as a whole from from your job? I've just learned that there is just so much more to someone's story. I just think you know we we see situations, but I always have empathy and continue and. I, like always will continue mm. to have empathy for the parents that I work with. They are not there in that situation because they've had a beautiful life or things have been great, you know. Yeah. And while like my heart goes out to the kids and obviously that's my job, like I just think before you judge, if you don't know their story, I think you just can't, you can't mm. comment. There's just so much more that goes behind these stories for some of these families. Well, being a parent is a thankless job at the best of times. I mean, it certainly doesn't pay very well. And then dealing with kids, um, I mean, I, I've, I've taught kids in the past, coached kids, worked with kids, and it can it can test the patience of the best of us. But, I mean, how, yeah. how do you, you – you must have some tough days, right? I do, yeah. Yeah, so there are you, some really tough days. What, what, what keeps you going? Like, I mean, are we talking Netflix binging, chocolate? <laughs> I definitely do a lot of next – yeah. I've, like – I've watched too many shows, not just on Netflix, but Stan and Disney Plus. So, oh, you have all of them. What you have Netflix and Stan and Disney. Okay, Um, so there's probably some series that are on all three of those. You realize, (laughs) like, that's so much overlap. What? So, what? What do you watch when you come home? Like, if you have one of those just absolutely terrible days, what? what, Well, do you know what's ironic is that I go just home and watch like a lot of crime and like TV investigation shows and like like emergency rescue and like medical shows. For some reason, I'm like totally captivated by those shows. How does that help you relax? I find it very interesting and relevant to my job at times. Like, I don't know. Like, I just I I find it very interesting. Can you okay? I, I need to ask someone, and you're as good a person to ask as any. Why is it that pageant girls are so 
fascinated by crime. Every single one of you, you're fascinated with these CSI serial killers. And then I know a couple who are actually studying to be forensic psychologists. So they I go to crime scenes cool. and stuff like that. But they're interested in that because they watch CSI and all that stuff. And then there was that what Insatiable, which apparently is about pageants, but it's like a serial killer or something. So can you please explain why i don't i really don't or is it as someone has suggested to me is it really just a girl thing that for some reason you guys are fascinated by crime so is it <laughs> can you answer this once and all for me is it a girl thing or is it a pageant girl thing i think it's a girl thing i know a lot of girls that are not in the pageant system that loves a good true crime or loves just watching any sorts of shows where there's crime or there's just like emergency related situations i don't know i think they just enjoy like the thrill and uh you know just learning the behind the makings of things i think as women we like to understand how things are done and you know how things are sold and how people like do things and i think these shows are a good way of like unpacking that and i think okay you know these true crime shows or like these murder mystery shows and stuff like that they really break down like the i guess the psychological things behind why people do what they do or like how they track them down or find them and i you know i can't speak for everyone but i do find that quite interesting and when i started working in child protection i found um Oh, Chicago Med quite interesting because there was this really big focus on the emergency room psych like I think it was the psychologist or the mm-hmm. psychiatrist. And he talked a lot about how he like, coached a lot of like the people in the office and how they talked to people with mental health to unpack like what they were talking about. He talked right. about like motivational interviewing, he talked about like um, lots of different things that I was actually studying as a child. Um, protection caseworker at the time and okay. how I talked to my families about like our worries or our concerns and so I was like super captivated because it was very relevant to what I was learning about mm. and then to see it in practice I was like so that's okay. how I do it in the field that's interesting <laughs> okay that makes sense but as long as you you know as long as you're using that in your day-to-day job and not using crime in your day-to-day job if you're watching if you're watching serial killers and going, yeah, that's what I do in my job, I'm, I'm slightly worried. Um, but what what do you do? Like, you don't strike me as having a lot of free time. So, like, do you, do you have chance to like just if if you had like uh, let's say a week off and you weren't allowed to do anything resembling work, so not even like social media, no work, nothing that you had to do, no modeling, no, like what would you do for a week? Yeah, that would be very tricky. Um, I actually do have some time coming up. <laughs> I'm going camping. I usually go camping and I do it on purpose. I do it very meticulously because I make sure we go somewhere that's got no internet access um, as a way to okay. kind of switch up. I force myself to do it. Yep. So I go with my friends, my close friends, and we have like, it's more like glamping. I won't say camping because we're very glamp it up. <laughs> we bring a trailer with like our whole setup and we go like, we go, I think we did, I don't know if you've seen the photos I posted on social media, but I did like kayaking and we did like waterhole mm. jumping and stuff like that. So very like very active based camping to keep us very busy. Um, so it's not like kind of chilled out, but it's, I guess, because I like to be active, but it's not, it's away from that side of things. It sounds chilled out for you. It's chilled it out, like, yeah. It sounds like your version of chilled out. 
Yeah. But what you're saying is you're not just sitting around the campfire doing nothing. You still have yeah. to find things. We're still to gonna do. do something. Yeah, we've got games or we've got activities that are planned. <laughs> like we're very like, let's do this and then we'll do this and then we'll do this. <laughs> you can never stop moving, can you? Or always gotta <laughs> I feel like super guilty, like I'm gonna I feel bad. I don't know why it's like this thing I have that I just feel guilty for not doing something. <laughs> I was I was working with someone in sort of counseling and coaching and they were similar to you and that they could never stop doing any like they always had to be doing something and if they stopped for a moment they felt guilty but for them it was almost like an existential crisis they felt like if they weren't doing anything that they just didn't exist so it oh, was yeah. it was a really really strange and bizarre like some people just can't stop ever um I mean I can't really talk cuz you know here I am on a long weekend talking to you. So I, I can't really stop either. But I think it's something hopefully as you I mean, I don't want to speak for you. So as you've gotten older, have you gotten a bit better at taking some time for yourself? Because it sounds like from what we were discussing before, you've had to. Yeah, yeah, I have, I would definitely say so. And I think, yeah. because I kind of picking and choosing now what I choose to do, I think that's good. I also think like during COVID, me and my best friend, um, Emily, and I've made a really good friend Trish at work. Um, mm. We particularly with Emily, we made like this deal that like we were just like, we were friends that could call each other in a couple of months, like nothing had changed, but we weren't really hanging out all the time. We worked together for like five years straight and then we both switched jobs at the same time. And that's when we right. kind of realised that we were actually best friends. Um, up until that point, we didn't acknowledge that we were really friends outside of work. And then, because um, <laughs> we like lived at work. And then um, during COVID, like just so much stuff happened in our lives and we just would call each other and we said we need to get better at being friends and so we just like made this commitment that that we were going to plan events every month and then it went to every fortnight and now we have like dinners every Friday night at each other's house like we alternate and we pretty much do things together every weekend and I think like just you know doing that I think I was good and now obviously with my friend from work we chat like every day and I think doing those things have made it a lot easier to take time for myself because you know I've got friends that are always like let's go do these things together and I think when you have people to do it with it's a lot you know you're more motivated to do that yeah but I, I think scheduling it in is really handy as well because you just yeah. gotta block in because otherwise someone who's super busy if you don't make the time it, it just keeps you know you, you let it slip let it slip and then before you know a year's gone by yeah. I, I just think it's funny that you didn't realize that this was your best friend until you I, both never you know, saw exactly, each other and then you're like I actually missed you it's, it's actually really funny because there was like this period of time when we were working together where we like hated each other's guts like we were we were oh, young good. and because we were I was 16 <laughs> when I started working there and I don't know we somehow got into this fight and they actually had to pull like I don't even know why she didn't like she doesn't even remember to this day like what, <laughs> the, what she was angry at me about but like the managers had to come in and she's like what is going on like why are you upset with her like you know this is going on for far too long she's like I don't know and then she's like what do you mean you don't know and she's like do you know how you get angry at someone and then you just you know that it was for some good reason and you can't remember it so you stay angry she was like that was where she was at and then after that we just um I don't know we found a common enemy like I guess in someone else that was annoying us and then after that yeah we just we just didn't even know it I don't even know how to <laughs> explain it we were just doing everything together I was competing in gymnastics at the time and she was like coaching and I was working there as well so we would go to gymnastics competitions together so without like meeting to like even on weekends we were going to places together so I don't know we just yeah it was pretty funny but 
So she hated your guts, but she had no idea why. And now you guys are inseparable. Yeah, it's a girl thing. <laughs> I was going to say, but I thought I probably shouldn't say it. It's okay if you say it. It's, it's not okay if I said it. But it's like the first thing when you're beginning the story, it's like, yeah, that sounds like a typical story I'd hear when I was working at an all-girls school. They'd, they'd be like, oh, I can't stand this person so-and-so. And then next week they're like, oh, I love you. And I'm like, what, what, what just happened? And they're like, oh, no, it's all right. It was nothing. I'm like, you wanted to kill this person last week and now suddenly think, you're inseparable. I think the term we use is like frenemies. Like when we're young, say. it's like we're friends, but we're also enemies. And I think you just grow out of it when you get a bit older. And, yeah. Now I couldn't I, I couldn't imagine us not being friends. Like I think my like it would be yeah, it would be crazy. And then the pageant girls, like actually I talk to Annalise every day. <laughs> and I talk to Emily like often too. And so like I don't know, I don't know where I'd be without like all these people. Annalise really surprised me because I, I she was the first one that I've interviewed from Tasmania. Like I've interviewed people from all around the world, but that was my first Tasmanian. But um she really she that she really doesn't like the big city. Most most people that I know, like if they're living, let's say, in Perth or Tassie or even South Australia, like smaller cities, they love coming to the big city. Annalise sounds more like as soon as she's done, she'd, she'd like to go back home. It, it almost sounds overwhelming for her. She doesn't want to drive. Ooh, I kind of get her, though, because I find Sydney really stressful. Like, well, you you come from a rural rural area as well, so I guess that would make sense. But like even Newcastle and Maitland, like they're they're pretty busy. But like Sydney is, I don't know how to like I don't know places like Sydney and stuff like that. They're like a it's like its own little vibe. And I just think if you don't grow up in that culture, it's a very stressful yeah. stressful environment. Yeah, like especially that. driving in it. If you make a wrong turn, it will tell you to turn left oh. and you can't or turn right yeah. and then there'll be signs everywhere saying that you can't turn left or right for like forever and it's then it will add like 25 minutes to your trip mm-hmm. because you've got to go around twelve thousand blocks to get back to where you were originally yeah. to turn yeah so, that, that's only gotten worse by the way i i one yeah. time basically had to go over the entire harbor bridge because i couldn't turn around because the lanes sometimes switch on the bridge depending on the time of the day yeah yeah that's <laughs> the so lane crazy. i normally went down went somewhere else. I'm like, what's going on? But I couldn't turn around on the Harbour Bridge. And that's, um, another, and I- that's another fact. The lanes, they just come and go. Yeah. And it's not just like in places like that. Like when I'm leaving Hornsby, there's like a Pacific road out there that just, it opens up to three lanes on one side or two lanes on the other side or four lanes. And then just depending on the time of day, it will just change with these little orange cones. And, and mm. it, when it rains, the lines just completely disappear. Do the, do the roads even have lines anymore? No. <laughs> no, there, there, there's one place actually on the way from Hornsby to my place where depending on the time of day, it's either three lanes or two, but they were too lazy to basically paint lines down. So they just take away the, you know, the dividers that they put in the they're kind of like tall sticks and they yeah. just take them out. So you have no idea, am I supposed to be driving like it's three lanes or am I supposed to be driving it that the left lane just stops? And, and depending and on the time the of the day, is they can't they can't keep up with all the changing roads. So, like half the time, the GPS don't even acknowledge that road even exists. And it, yeah. you'll go on the road, and it'll tell you that you're in some like make a U-turn at the next available turn. Like you're in an abandoned area. Like it just it's, and it skitzes out. Like it's just... <laughs> skitzes out. You sound like you had a few issues with your GPS, probably worse so than me. But you you probably drive 
more than myself. Um, it just but, I mean, takes look, me on like a new route every time. It's like scenic tour of Sydney. <laughs> that's to keep that's to keep your life interesting, so it doesn't get boring. You've probably seen more of Sydney than I have. But I was going to say, like, if you um if you do end up winning and you go over to represent Australia, you know, Florida's huge, right? And like the the airports that you go through, they're going to dwarf Sydney. They're absolutely it, it's massive. Not. It's just so long as I'm not driving in it, I'll be I'll be right. Someone else can drive me. <laughs> it's like when I went to Cambodia, like um that was that was hectic. That so do you know the B movie? Like the cartoon B movie? Have you seen it? Okay. Hopefully other people watching will know what I'm talking about. But in the B movie, there's like this part, it's like a four-way intersection. And essentially like all of these little bees that are in like little cars, they just like drive through like all crazily and they just manage to weave through the gaps and there's no lights or anything and they don't care. That is like what it's like in Cambodia. Like they just drive wherever and they just don't, they don't even care. So there was many a times I thought I was going to die, but we didn't. It was interesting. <laughs> to say the least. That was a nice, bright, cheery topic of conversation. Um, what's your favourite movie? Ooh, I'm actually not really a movie person. I'm a TV series type person. Okay, favourite um, TV. Favourite TV show. Okay, at the moment or just in general? Of all time. I'm pretty obsessed with Bones. I think that's pretty hilarious. I think it's like the oh. right amount of like interesting, funny mix of everything. And it's like a good 12, 12 series. You can really get your teeth into it. Um, okay. Like sink your teeth into it? Sink. Sink. Like, yeah, that sounds about right. What about, um, so that's favourite show, favourite TV show. What about favourite food? Ooh. Um, it's not so much like, well, it's not like a meal, but I chicken. I can't live without chicken. Okay. Favourite colour? pink i feel like you should have known that i can't I'm, I'm trying i'm trying to i'm trying to work out what do i not know about what were your favorite music Ooh. um i'm a like a top 40 type of girl i'm a bit of a mix of everything i don't have one that genre that i kind of okay. say i love i can tell you a song obsession at the moment um okay which is king of queens by this um this trending girl, she was won Eurovision for like um what country oh, okay. was that? I think it was Ukraine or something. Yeah. Okay. What about biggest pet peeve? Ooh. <laughs> it's like a bit of a personal one, but like it's when people like it's about the dating world. Um, okay. but like when you're talking to people, I mean it could be friends too. And they stop talking halfway through like a conversation and then just don't reply for ages. But then reply oh. like as if the conversation didn't stop. Oh. You, you mean when you're messaging someone, right? Not yeah. face to face. No, like messaging okay. someone. Yeah. yeah. I'd be a bit confused if you're if you're like on a date with someone or you're hanging out with a friend and they just stop talking to you halfway through the conversation. Yeah, I more yeah, annoys me if like it's an interest, someone that I like, and I'm messaging, and then they just stop halfway through a conversation, and then you know pick it up like a week later as if they didn't just not reply for a week. Um, that's a bit peeve, but I guess like if friends do it as well, that can be annoying. <laughs> I think different people have very different like um, 
ways of messaging on like on, on dating or social media apps. Some people will message straight away. Um, other people are quite happy to left, leave you on read and then will reply a week later. So, um, I, I think the best thing they could do is get rid of that. You know, when they tell, when it tells you that they've seen your message, I yeah. really wish they would just get rid of that. I yeah, really do. that's even more because you know, like I know that you've read this and you're yes. choosing not to reply. Yes, that's but what it's I even don't more like that either. When they've started the conversation, like they send a message first, you reply, they see it, and then leave it. Like, why bother starting a conversation? Honestly. You, yeah, you sound see, like, I'm already getting revved up. It drives me bonkers. You sound like this has happened to you before. No, not at all. <laughs> Fair enough. I get um, it a lot in my job, but that's to be expected, I suppose. Nicole here has said B-movie is elite. I, I don't know. I've not watched the B-movie. <laughs> it is elite. Um, one more serious question before we go to the final 10. Um, if you were again if you were lucky enough fortunate enough to have the crown placed on your head in about a month's time what sort of role model do you hope to be for the younger women looking up to you because you know obviously with the crown comes quite a lot of attention so mm. what is it that you would like to be remembered for or what is it that you would like to be remembered standing for mm, that is a good question thank you i think for me I just want to be remembered for like inspiring others and not like not in the term of like, you know, I guess making a big powerful movement that everyone gets on board with. But I guess like with girls obviously today, they live in such a harsher reality, particularly than what I grew up in. And I found growing up hard, like mm. bullying and the way that people view you. I would just like to think that I could be someone that young, like young women or young youth or young children could, you know, follow and engage with and think that, wow, like this could be me when I get older. Like this, like life has a lot more to offer and I can see that, you know, by looking at Krista, I can see that even though life is really tough right now, you know, there's, there's light on the other side. So I guess like for me winning, I would just like other people to see that there's a lot more that life can offer if you just keep pushing through and you keep like following like your dreams and I guess being more than what you think you are. That would be my goal. What was your favorite saying? Oh, uh, no one can make you feel inferior, inferior without, without your consent. Roosevelt. It's so relevant. Yeah. I remember that because I remember you put it in the book and it just, yeah. that just came to my head right there. Yeah. That's nice. And it's such a hard thing to learn because I guess when you're getting told every day you are something, you know, that chips away from you. And it's so yeah. hard to not believe what other people are telling you. And when you hear it for so long and just all the time, especially with the way that the, I guess, society has it this day, you get it in magazines, you get it on TV, radio, podcasts, music, you get yeah. it on social media in every 12,000 different ways. You get it through advertisement, you get it from the government, yeah. you get it, you know, it's what chance to young girls kind of have today like to kind of grow up and think that they're going to be anything more than what they are or what people tell them they are you know yeah. so I hope that you know I can be someone that they can look up to and learn that there's definitely light on the other side well I would agree with that so before we get to the final 10 I'm now trying to remember your answers from before none have come 
to mind, but I'm sure they will as we go through it. Anyone you want to give a shout out to? Maybe just, um, I guess, my Padge girls. They know who they are, mainly just because we talk every day and, you know, they're in it with me and they know what it's like. And um, I guess maybe to my workmates, they probably, I don't even know if they're watching this, but mainly just because, like you said, my job is quite tricky and, you know, it's really important that you have people that you can kind of talk to that understand what you're going through. And I guess for me, you said, do you have people that you can talk to? Like my work people are who I talk to about what goes on for me. So they're very important to me. Nice. All right. Do you remember any of your answers from the final 10? Uh, not off the top of my head. It's been a little while. I wonder if they've changed. Yeah, I'll have to go back and compare. All right. Well, here we go. Number one, what's your favorite word? Mm. <laughs> which is funny. I didn't think it was, but my boss has recently pointed out that I use in which a lot in my sentencing. So in which she said. So apparently that's my favorite, like, word combined at the moment whenever That's I write definitely. something I'll say in which she said def definitely a new one okay well number two what's your least favorite word um I don't I don't, I, I don't know I think I think that's your answer from before as well. I don't think we ever got to your least favorite word. Yeah, no. Swear. I mean, I don't like swear words, but like Okay. Maybe swear words in, in general, but Okay. Yeah. Okay. That that that's fair. I've I've certainly had had that answer before. Um number 3 in life what gets you excited? What turns you on? Mm, well, pageantry and like like doing like influencing in social media I get really excited about that sort of stuff it's kind of like it's just like my love so that gets me really excited and super happy probably yeah what about what turns you off ah uh, <laughs> um the idea of going on a date believe it or not I just think that's like it it doesn't necessarily have to be about about the dating world. It just no, does in I general. Know. I okay. don't know. I'm just trying to think of something. I just feel and like if right someone now, like who, someone who's potentially interested in you watches this and like, oh, okay, <laughs> then I won't answer her on the dating app. You're wondering why no one's answering you. You're like, what do I not want to do? Do I really don't want to go on a date? Why is no one answering me? <laughs> I just mean like it's scary and like it's it's really challenging. It's like I don't know. It's just I find them really. I get really anxious around them. So that sometimes can be like I don't know. We can move on. It's fine. I will say sometimes in the dating world, it does feel like a lot of hard work, doesn't it? And sometimes it doesn't seem like really hard work that has a appropriate reward. It's like a lot I of hard work sometimes for absolutely nothing. I just feel like my parents told me like life was so much easier in the dating world, you know, when they were younger. And I just feel like we're up against oh, yeah. a lot of different challenges now in society. Yeah. I just I think it's a lot more challenging to date. And that is really scary because I feel like you could be very super invested in the date and committed, but like it might not, you know, if they don't grow up with the same sort of values or that sort of stuff, they yeah, oh, yeah, it's just it's you don't get the same courtesy on this other side, and there's a lot. The val the values is a big one. I, f yeah. I find as I get older, the values and beliefs. I almost feel like that that should be like a 
preliminary question to filter everyone out so they you like you, match with your beliefs and values. You never have you to. You just need like an application to date prior to going on a date. Like that's what I mean. Up, like you know, should we switch yeah. out? Yeah. See if we're compatible yeah. before we go. We, we need some sort of match matchmaking, like where the first question is, what do you believe in? Um, anyway, <laughs> that's enough of the dating world. <laughs> Number five, what sound or noise do you love? Rain, like on a tin roof. Number six, what sound or noise do you hate? Um... Yeah, like the um, sirens in the, like at midnight, yeah. Okay. Number seven, if you could have any one superpower, what would you pick and why? I would, oh, I always say, I always say like invisibility. I think that's pretty cool. You can, I worry you can about the invisible that. ones. I feel like they always want to get up to mischief with their invisibility. <laughs> Number eight, what job or occupation would you most like to attempt? I think when I answered this question last time, I said this job um, that I'm currently in. I oh. wouldn't mind doing some acting. That would be cool. I think I said that all the time, but I just, but in acting in like a really cool like stunt, like one where there's a lot of action and stunts required, I think that would be lots of fun. So you want to throw yourself off buildings and stuff like that, explosions and... Why not? Sure. Live a little. <laughs> Why not? I remember now, you, you, your, fat, your dad, wasn't it, put together a movie? Was it about zombies? I remember you lying as a corpse. I seem to... There is zombies in it. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> yeah, it's called Yesterday's Girl and it's out now so you can go and watch it. <laughs> I feel like I should go watch that movie and say, I know that girl, that one that's lying as a corpse in the field. I know her. With the purple hair way back then when she was trying to be cool. <laughs> was that a no to purple hair in the future? No more dyeing your hair crazy colours. I don't know. I, I don't know if like, I'll go down with your job. I just no, I can't I can't go back <laughs> to dyeing my hair. I think it brings up too many memories when I thought Traumatic. that dyeing my hair would fix a lot of problems. It did not. <laughs> a, a lot of us did things with our hair when we were younger that we regret. Yep. Believe me. Um, number nine, what job would you definitely not like to attempt? I don't, I wouldn't want to be, a, no offense to anyone that is a cleaner. I just, after having to move houses and clean the house so many times, I just couldn't do it. Oh, that's someone that I happily pay. That's a job I happily pay someone else to do, especially rent or clean. I was like, I literally just talking to my parents saying, like, I think we should just all chip in for a professional cleaner this time around. Oh, it's so it's so much easier, believe me. Also, they um because often you like the bond is on the line, you don't get your bond back if you haven't cleaned yeah. the property properly. And some of these cleaners will guarantee that you can the bot you'll get the bond back. And if you don't, they'll come and clean it again. That was just a peace of mind. Um, I don't mind cleaning, but not to that level. Yeah. Uh Anyway, final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Didn't do too bad. <laughs> faint praise, but I guess we'll take it. Um, uh, I would also like to him to answer, well, I, I'd hope you'd have the answer to my question, which is just like, I always just wondered how he just existed. Um like not in like a condescending way. Like I actually generally wondered because obviously everything else we know, like in the Bible, is just created. So 
I'm curious to how he could just exist. And I think that's like out of my mindset to understand. So if he had the answer to that question, that'd be super cool. It might be a very long conversation. It could be, but I feel like if I'm up there, I'm going to have a lot of time. Before I hang up with you, how much chocolate have you eaten this weekend? <sighs> Too much. I also have an Easter bunny that's sitting near my bed because the Easter bunny also left me one. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're going to blame this one on the Easter bunny, are you? Um, little Jesse loves the Easter bunny and he came and visited this morning and he had lots of chocolate everywhere and he also left me one that Easter bunny did, which Jesse was very excited about. And all for who don't know who Jesse is, Jesse is a little boy who has been living with me for a little while now. So, yes, I was very excited that the Easter bunny also left me one this morning. Okay. I guess it would be <laughs> rude not to eat it then. Exactly. It was a really okay. big one. <laughs> all right. Do it, do it. Go on, do, do it for everyone. Go go eat that chocolate. Well, Krista, that was interview the third. It's been a it's been a long time. We've known each other for a while, haven't we? Seven. How we have six, seven years. I feel like a lot has changed, but I feel like the parts that I I value most about you they haven't changed. Like I still think you're really down to earth, um, very hardworking. Sometimes doesn't know when to slow down. I don't think that's actually changed at all. I like I that it's mellowed a little bit. That changed. I'm still working on a few of them, but you know. <laughs> yeah, and you still hate doing the intro. That that would just never. I have never met anyone who just. For those of you who don't know, the first time I interviewed Krista, I don't know. We we met up in person. I think we pulled over at some sort of intersection because there were cars <laughs> still driving by, and we sat on this picnic table. And this was back when I was interviewing in person. I had this camera just focused on Krista. And I have the recording from the beginning to the end, from when she first tried doing the intro to the end. And I kid you not, because I watched this the other day, it is eight minutes long. Look, practice makes perfect. You want to try doing it again right now on the live? Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I managed to pull it off in my interviews, but, like, literally, you'll hear me out in the hallway. You can ask any of the girls. I'll be like... Hi, my name is Krista. I'm competing for Miss Galaxy Australia. And I am, and then I'll go through my thing like before I'm going in. <laughs> and I am 26 years old. One year I went in there and I realized I told them the wrong age, but I just never corrected myself. I just waited till I got out and I just hope they just didn't acknowledge that that was the wrong age. <laughs> oh dear. And you still make me laugh. That part hasn't changed. Well, I'll keep you on the line for just a second whilst I hang up with the audience. Thanks to everyone for watching live or on the replay and we'll speak to you next time. Bye for now. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much for watching. Sorority Access is now open. So if you'd like to join an amazing group of women and learn how to be the most powerful, confident and impactful queen possible, head to the pageantsorority.com. I'll see you there and see you in the next video.